All right, come on with your Bibles in your hands. Let's get ready for the Word of God. Oh, praise His name. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, with your loving self, Bless me with this word today. Now come on and make some noise here this morning. Glory to God. All right. So we've been in the season of Advent. And we are continuing that uh, idea. We're continuing the, the, uh, the focus of Advent and a season of expectation. All right, so we're going to we're going to give the definition of that. We're going to run through that really quick again because we're in the season of Advent. It just simply means the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. Number two, the first season of the Christian church year leading up to Christmas and including the four preceding Sundays. And so you see those candles there, and then we're going to bring up the one that just talks about the middle candle, which represents Christ. Christ is the middle candle, and it's God with us, Sister Ruther, when she prayed. And that's why, if I were you, let me just throw this out there. I wouldn't miss any portion of the service because you miss out on things by coming a little bit late. But that's uh, that's something for another time. But she mentioned something about God with us. And I would tell you, but I ain't going to tell you because she should have been here. Moving right along. So... Our first one was hope, and so they light the first candle for hope, and then we had a sermon called I Hope, and then the next one was peace, and then we had a sermon called Powerful Peace, and so this one is joy, and so today is joy, and so you see you have the two outer candles lit, and then you have the other candle lit on the end, and they continue to be lit, so now we have hope peace, and now joy. So the title for today is Unspeakable Joy. Unspeakable Joy. In other words, what that simply means is a joy that is unable to be clearly articulated. It's a joy that is so unspeakable and so immeasurable that I really can't talk about it because it's not a normal joy because it's more supernatural based on what I deal with. I shouldn't be as happy as I am. Based on what I have to face, I should be more down in the dumps than I currently am. But I've got a joy that I can't really explain, except for I'm going to explain it to you today. I have a joy that I can't explain. And 
So a better way to say it is to steal a line from a song that became a famous phrase for people in the black church some years ago. They would say, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And since the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. There's some stuff I can go through, but it can't rob me of the joy that I have in my spirit. And since I'm a multicultural preacher, I just won't talk about a song in the black church. I'll talk a song about a song in the white church as well. And those songs, they cross-pollinate. But it was a song that said, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to stay. It can't be taken from me, and it's unexplainable, it's unspeakable, because the stuff that I've been through should take my joy, it should rob my joy, it should steal me of my joy, the tears that I've cried, the things that I've done, and all that I've faced, but somehow I still got my joy. It's unexplainable, it's immeasurable, it's unspeakable, and so... What I want to do, I want to define joy, and it's the first definition, just a simple definition of joy. It simply is this, a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. And so let's give us some synonyms of joy. Here's some joy synonyms, delight, great pleasure, jubilation, triumph, rejoicing. I, I like that. I'm going to have to come back to that. Happiness. Gladness, exhilaration, elation, successful, positive result. In other words, when you have a successful, positive result, it brings some joy. Now, to use Damari again, because they went in overtime and they won in overtime and he had 31 points, he left there on a high with some joy. But the team that lost, they didn't have the same joy. Because it really isn't joy, it's happiness, and happiness is based on happenings. If things are happening the way I want them to happen, then I become happy. But if things are not happening the way I want them to happen, then I lose my happiness. But joy is based on what you know. So even though I may have a happening that doesn't make me happy, what I know keeps me with joy. And it's unspeakable. It's unexplainable. It's hard to even fathom why somehow I pick my head up off my pillow and I square my shoulders and I face the day. And I don't know what I'm going to face, but I have a feeling. That everything going to be all right. I don't know when it's going to be all right. It may not be 2022. It may not be 2023. I don't know when it's going to turn, but I got something down on the inside, and it's an unspeakable joy. Now, this is not in my notes, so let me just go ahead and jump on it real quick. It was Jeremiah who said it this way, because Jeremiah had a task to speak to the people, and the people wouldn't listen to what he was saying, and God kept giving him the task, and he kept talking to the people, and the people wouldn't listen. They would ridicule him. They would laugh at him. They would talk about him. So finally, Jeremiah said, I'm going to shut up. And I'm not going to say nothing else. This ain't right. This ain't fair. I'm done talking. But then he go, turns around and said, but it was like fire. 
shut up in my bones. I, I couldn't hold it back. I got a joy that burns down on the inside of me. And when I'm so depressed, I make up in my mind, I'm not praising God this morning. I'm not praising God today. I'm barely dragging myself to church. And don't I hope don't nobody speak to me. I hope the pastor don't look my way. I'm just barely making it in. But somehow when I hit the parking lot, something happens down in my spirit. I got a joy that I just can't let go. I should be crying, but I got joy. I should be rolling over in my grave, but I got joy. I should be giving up, but I got joy. And it's unexplainable joy. Joy, 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 joy. Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. Keep you in joy, J-O-I, joy. So here, here's something else I want to bring up because I said I liked it. I need to go back to it. So let's uh, bring up this definition. It's another word. It's the word rejoice. Feel or show great joy or delight. I like that because it doesn't just focus on joy. It is rejoice. Means that it has to be done over and over and over again. Rejoice. Feel or show great joy or delight. So let's look up this scripture. Let's go to Philippians 4 4. Read that, Mother Mitchell. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. This is not a suggestion, it's a command. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. So after you leave on the spiritual high, and life hits you and bring you back down, it's okay. Get up and have joy again. Don't allow the devil to push you down so low that you don't pop back up. Here's the problem with people who drown. They stay down too long. You can be in water over your head, but the buoyancy of your body will lift you back up and you can come to the top for some air. But if you get pushed down too long, you take in too much water in your lungs and you drown to death. I don't want you to drown in your problems. I don't want you to drown in your issues. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I don't care what you got to do to bring joy to your life. Do whatever you got to do. Because the God I serve will not leave you by yourself. Get up and have joy again. Get up and believe again. Get up and try again. Rejoice in the Lord, not just every now and then, always. And again, I say rejoice. Now here's something that's, that, that sounds good. But what that also means is the joy runs out. It's still in there, but it runs out. You, it, it's not inexhaustible, so you have to keep stirring it up again. I, you know what, I, uh, uh, Mother Rank, I like my refrigerator. I like it because when I open it up, it's food in there. But one thing I learned once I got on my own is the food don't just pop up in there. You have to resupply it. You got to put it back in there. So if I want to get something out of there, I got to put something in there. Let, let, let me give you another example. So, so, uh, Sister Tyrena, I want you to, to, I'm going to give you my bank account number 
and I want you to go to my uh, bank and I want you to withdraw a million dollars. You're going to have trouble because there ain't a million dollars in there. You can't take out what ain't in there. So if you don't have any joy in there, you can't withdraw joy if you don't deposit any joy. So when you come to church on Sunday morning, you're depositing joy. It may not be for today. It might be for tomorrow. But rejoice in the Lord always. Can I say rejoice? All right, Sister Tyrone, you can't have my bank account. I'm just, just using the, the example. All right, let's move, move in right on. 1 Peter 1, 6. Let's read this. I, I'm going I'm to let you read. We're trying try not to interrupt you. Read verse 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I wasn't going to interrupt you. But, oh, man, I seen something in here. This... I don't, I don't know if I like this because it says, ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. So that means you can have rejoicing and temptations at the same time. All right, let's look at verse 7. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, the perisheth. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Oh, okay, so it's working on something. So so our faith is like gold. And even though I'm not preaching on faith, what I'm beginning to understand that Peter is saying, he's saying that the joy, you need the joy because your faith has to be tested for your faith to be what it needs to be. It, your faith is like gold and gold, the greatest level of gold has to be purified and there's only one way to purify gold, you got to put it in the fire. So since your faith is like gold, it means you have to go through fires in life. You, you have to. So that's why the Bible says you got to hold on to the joy because you're going to go through some fire. Yeah. All right, let's read some more. Let's read verse 8. Whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though ye now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Mm, I, I'm apologizing the line to y'all because I'm, I'm interrupting her every single scripture, but it's so good. It says, whom having not seen, ye love. Oh, so so the the, the crux of our faith is believing and loving somebody we can't even see. I've been preaching 25 years talking about a God that I ain't never seen. I ain't never seen him, but somehow I love him. And that's what makes it joy unspeakable because it's unexplainable that I'm loving something I can't even see. I'm talking about a God that I can't see. But the, here's the thing. It's something about this God. Even though I can't see him, I feel him down in my soul. And it makes me rejoice. And I've learned that I don't have to see you 
to trust you. I don't have to see you to believe you. I don't have to see you to love you. All I got to do is be joyous whenever I feel you. So when God touches me, excuse me if I get a little excited. You might, when he touches you, you might be quiet, but don't get mad at me when I jump, holler, and scream. Because if I can't see him, I'm glad I can still feel him. And I'm not talking about in a church service. I felt him in the car. I felt him in the bedroom. I felt him in the parking lot. I felt him in the park. I felt him in the airplane. I felt him in the pool. I felt him in the ocean. I'm so glad I serve a God that even though I can't see him, I know he's with me because I feel him. Ah, I feel him. Now guess what? I ain't seen the devil either, but I feel him too. So if I'm going to feel the devil, I might as well feel God. Because the devil done got me to do some stuff. I'm like Flip Wilson. The devil made me do that. That wasn't me. The devil made me do it. Well, if the devil can make me do it, I'm sure that God can make me do it. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to start giving God praise and having some joy. I may be hurting right now, but God, I still believe you're able. I still believe you're King of kings and Lord of lords. I still believe you're God, and I'm going to have some joy. Not gonna be no sad looking Christian. I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna laugh. Why you joke so much, Pastor? Cause I got joy. Do you know what I've been through? Do you know what I'm facing? Do you know the devils that are after my life? I got to smile. I got to laugh. I got to rejoice. Cause if I don't, I'll lose my mind. And people are snapping all the time. Just heard about a man in St. Louis. That killed somebody at KFC because KFC was out of corn. That is not worth killing anybody over. But people are losing their mind. I'm glad they didn't come to Muncie because Muncie, they don't even have chicken. So if you're going to kill over corn, I'm glad you don't show up to the Muncie KFC. But things are making us lose our mind if we don't have that feeling of joy. Unspeakable, and it's full of glory. And and here, here's the reason why. Here's the major reason why. Not just what I said, but here's the major reason why. Why we have joy and love a God that we can't see. Peter just drops it in on us. Go ahead and read verse nine. The reward for trusting Him will be the salvation of your souls. Now I, I know we Christians, and we come to church, but sometimes we forget. That at the end we get heaven. We sometimes we forget because we live in this earthly world. But but whatever you don't get on this side, you guaranteed to get it on that side. So go ahead and have joy now because what you're dealing with now will not outlast eternity. One day you're going to cross from this life to the next and you're going to be glad that you had salvation for your soul. At the end of the day, the reason why we're happy because we saved. I'm saved by his power divine. Saved. Through new life supply, I'm saved. Sometimes I forget, I'm saved. If this ends the day, I'm saved. 
Sometimes I'm driving down the road and the devil tries to make me afraid. You're going to lose control and you're going to hit the, uh, the side of the road and, and have you got your will. Your, your kids are going to be uh, crying. You know, the devil will play tricks in your mind. You'll have a whole scenario in your head going down the road. And at the end of the day, I told the devil, if it does happen, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. So you can try to mess with me if you want to, but you already lost me because if I do die, I'm going to heaven. I'm saved. Now, do I make mistakes? Yes, but I'm saved. Have I been addicted? Yes, but I'm saved. Do I have some trouble? Yes, but I'm saved. At the end of the day, it's the salvation of my soul. And I'm so glad Jesus saved my life. And he saved your life too. All right, let's let's go. So every, every time we've done these Advent series, we always go to Psalms. And so I'm prefacing us up with that. Now let's run to Psalms. I wanted to stay in one Psalms, but I had to go to two Psalms. So I'm going to split it up. So let's go to Psalms 31 through 5. And I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refuse to let my enemies triumph over me. Oh, another word for rescue is saved. You saved me. You rescued me. Sometimes when we say we saved, that's because I said this little prayer. I went down to the altar and said this little prayer. No, that's not how why I believe I'm saved. I believe I'm saved because he rescued me. You don't know how bad I was, but amazing grace how sweet the sound that, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost and I still get lost and I've been lost since I've been saved, but he found me and he keeps finding me and he keeps saving me and he keeps rescuing me and he keeps delivering me. And that's why I pastor deliverance temple because I know a delivering, rescuing, saving God. Brings me to point number one. Somebody said, you've done all that hollering, you ain't got to point number one. No, I haven't. Point number one, unspeakable joy comes from knowing you've been rescued. Rescue folk are some happy folk. Uh, I'll, give, I'll, I'll give you an example that, that, that would help. There was a time my dad was telling the story about how he got into a situation, I believe maybe a, a near accident, but the kids in the back, me, I think my sister, we were asleep. And so when he tells the story about the accident or the near accident, it don't mean anything to me because I was asleep. I didn't know the danger I was in. But if I was awake... And realized I was rescued. I've been a lot happier. And here's the thing. There's some folk are not happy because they don't know they've been rescued. They've been sleeping and they don't know what God has done for them. But the Bible says awake to righteousness. And when you wake up and you realize you've been rescued, you are a happy camper when you know God has saved you. I'm saved. Now, now, another thing happened. I, my, my life was not in danger, but I thought it was. And I praise God for what I thought happened. My wife was driving uh, the car. I was laying down. We were going somewhere. We had switched. I was laying. And when I woke up, I saw a semi heading my way. 
But really what it was, you know how sometimes a semi will have another one on the back of it? And it was actually facing me, but it was going the other direction. But when I woke up, I seen a semi coming my way, and I thought my life was gone. I didn't know what Devin had done, but I wanted her out of the car. I thought my life was over. I screamed and realized, oh, it wasn't as bad. But guess what? I was happy, even though it didn't happen, because it could have happened. So I was happy. And I need to say that to say this. There's some stuff that you never did get in, but you happy that you didn't get in. See, what you may not know about me, but I know about me, I have an addictive personality. So no, I've never been addicted to crack cocaine. No, I have never tried some of these crazy drugs. I've never tried heroin. And But guess what? I praise God because I didn't. Because I know me. God blocked some stuff. It's not everything that he rescued you from, but he blocked you from some stuff. I'm glad God blocked me from some stuff because I'm crazier than what I look. And if it had not been, from the hand of the Lord on my side, where, where would I be? So I'm happy because I'm rescued. All right, let's move right along. Let's, let's go ahead and move to verse two. Oh Lord, my God, mm-hmm. I cried to you for help and you restored my health. You restored my health. Let's look at point number two. Unspeakable joy comes from knowing you've been restored. Now, the scripture says, restored my help. And when you study it out, what, what the, the writer, this, both of these songs for David, David was saying, I was sick even in my bones. So this is not just talking about normal sickness or, or physical sickness. It's talking about deep sickness that goes to your bones, goes to your soul, that goes to your mental. Cause some people are sick in their body. Some people are sick in their head. Some people are sick in their emotions. Some people are sick in their finances. There's sickness all around, but I'm happy and joyous. I got unspeakable joy cause I've been restored from all my sicknesses. Been restored. Let's let's look at verse three. Oh Lord, Thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Number three, unspeakable joy comes from knowing eternal hell is not your future. I know we don't talk a whole lot about hell here because the, the way I believe, if you coming. Uh, I don't believe you're going to hell if you're coming. Of course, the people are hypocrites and play, but but why would I waste my time talking to hypocrites? So so I don't talk a whole lot about hell, but something else to remember, I get to escape hell. Go ahead and put the camera on me so they so the the, the uh, online people can see it. You get to escape hell if you know the Lord. So that ought to bring you some joy. Not only do I get heaven, but I'm happy about what I escape. Because in church, I can't tell you all the stuff I done done, but God know it. And I got some stuff that will send me straight to hell. Don't laugh at me. You got some stuff in your life that send you straight to hell too. All of us should be sent straight to hell, but God blocked it. The Bible says he got the keys of death in hell. You do two things with keys. You open stuff and you shut stuff. You unlock stuff and you lock stuff. Guess what? I'm locked out of hell. I belong there, but he locked me out of there. 
So I'm happy because I know me better than you know me. And I know what God should have done to me, but he decided not to do it. So I'm happy because I know God has kept me out of hell for my future. So that means even if I blow it in the future, he still got me locked out. The only way I get there is if I try to take his keys and go and get in. And some folks, there's some folks that's going to end up there because that's where they want to go. But I don't want to go. So I'm going on with the Lord. Verse 4, Psalms 30 and 4. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Uh Uh-huh. Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. Godly ones. Go to uh, point number 4. Unspeakable joy comes from knowing you get to praise the Lord. Not have to praise the Lord. You get to praise the Lord. Praise is not just a response, but it's also a responsibility. But here's the thing about, there's some things that are response, uh, responsibilities that you get to do. In other words, I have the responsibility of taking care of my children, buying them stuff, taking them places, doing things with them. Go ahead and put the camera up here on me. I I got the responsibility of doing those things, but it's not so much a responsibility as it is a response. Because what some know and what some don't know, we had several miscarriages. And so I'm glad for the kids that I have. Even though it's my responsibility to take care of them, I enjoy taking care of them because I didn't think we could have them. And so I look at them as a blessing from the Lord. Now, does my blessing from the Lord sometimes get on my nerves? Yes. But I'm grateful that I have children. I'm so grateful for my children. I keep trying to convince my children that Ball State is a good school because I want them to stay with me longer. I want them closer to me. I I know back in the day, if you got 18, they try to kick you out the house. But the world is so crazy. I want my babies as long as I can have them. They grow up too fast and I want them near me. God, I don't know what you want to do. But if I have it my way, they be as close as possible because they're a blessing from the Lord. They're not just a responsibility. They're a blessing. So I get to serve my babies. And I get to praise the Lord. Yes, should you praise the Lord? Yes. Is it your responsibility to praise the Lord? Yes. But I'm happy that I get to praise him. Because he's worthy of the praise. Now my kids are not always worthy of being taken care of. Because you you make sure they got everything nice for their room and their room will be dirty. They don't always live up to the standards, but it's okay because you, you, you daddy, you mama. But, but when it comes to God, he always lives up to himself. So I get to praise his name. All right, moving right along. Let's go to Psalms 35. I, I had to get to this part, part right here. For his anger endureth but a moment. Uh-huh. In his favor is life. My God. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy Cometh in the morning. Mm, my, 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 my. No, point number five. Unspeakable joy comes from knowing your tears have an expiration date. 
may endure for a night. And it's not just talking about a 24-hour period. It, it, it's talking about a season. And you may be weeping for a season. You may have issues for a season. You may have addiction for a season. You may be lost for a season. You may have problems for a season. But the promise is joy is coming in the morning. And whenever God brings you that joy, that's when your morning comes. God knows how to bring morning to dark time. He knows how to, somebody said, late in the midnight hour. He knows how to turn things around. So even though you're weeping now, joy is coming your way. Joy is better than Amazon Prime. You can track it. It's going to show up at your door. It'll be on your doorstep and can't nobody take your joy. And I'm here to let you know joy is headed to your house. Joy is headed your way. Joy might bump at you in Starbucks. Joy might bump into you here at the church. I don't know where joy might bump into you at Planet Fitness, but joy is coming your way. It's about to track you down. It's about to hawk you down. Joy is coming and I'm so glad Joy is on the way. I'm so glad Joy knows my address because I've had some rough days. I've had some hard times, but joy is coming. Joy is on the way. People get ready. There's a train coming, and it's a train filled with joy. Oh, the, the Bible says he'll turn your mourning into dancing. The, the very thing that you cried over, that you grieved over, he'll turn around and make you dance and make you shout. I'm here to let you know joy is on the way. Oh, joy is on the way. Somebody say that. Say joy is on the way. Somebody say joy knows my name. Somebody say joy knows my address. Now somebody say come on joy. Come on joy. Come on joy. So I, I'm going to rejoice now because I'm using it as a seed so that joy will be attracted my way. All right, let's, let's continue to move. Let's go and switch to Psalm 16, 6 through 11. So we did the first five verses of Psalm 30. Now we're going to jump to Psalm 6 and we're going to do five verses here, which, which will amount, amount to uh, six verses total. Psalms 16, 6, read that. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Still, David, we're switching chapters, so we're switching conversations. But David says the lines have fallen for me. What that means is the boundary lines. And so back in those days when you got property, you just didn't get unlimited amount of property. Like we, we don't get unlimited amount of property now. There's boundary lines. And so my house has boundary lines. But what David said, he said, oh, my lines have fallen in pleasant places. I have a beautiful inheritance. And this is what's powerful about this scripture is everybody's portion is different. Everybody's not going to be a billionaire. Everybody doesn't have Oprah's portion. Everybody's not Michael Jordan. Everybody's not going to have the athleticism of Michael Jordan. But God can bless you on whatever level you on. No matter how the lines are drawn, he can bless your inheritance and that'll bring you joy. Because even with my portion, I may be on section eight, but I can have joy in section eight better than somebody has joy in a mansion. Because the people in mansions killing themselves and there's somebody else knows as long as I got King Jesus, 
no matter how the lines are drawn, no matter what boundary I'm in, I don't care. My inheritance is still blessed. Having said this, I don't want to do it as a way to throw off. It's a way that makes me sad. We're looking at a young man. I didn't know much about him, a a DJ that called Twitch, who DJed for the Ellen uh, DeGeneres show and did other things. And you've seen him dancing and laughing and smiling. And just days before he killed himself and committed suicide, he's on a video dancing with his family. But from one moment to the next, life had just got the best of him. And I don't know what you're feeling, but I need you to understand your inheritance lines are drawn and whatever you're in, even if it's not what you want right now, learn how to be thankful for it and still bless the Lord. I don't want to speculate, so I will say that this is not uh, something I know for a surety. It's just something that was thrown out there. There was There's a cryptocurrency that's really fallen and tanked, and some people believe he had a lot of money in that, and because it tanked, he didn't see any way out. I don't know if that's true, and so I, I don't quote me on that. This is something I heard. So let me let you know. I don't care if you got 100000 in the bank or if you only got a hundred. You got to learn how to praise God wherever your boundaries are and give God thanks. Because it always could be worse. Yes, it could be better, but it always could be worse. Learn how to give God joy. Let's, let's bring up point number six. Unspeakable joy comes from knowing God has given me a blessed portion. Whatever portion I have is blessed. You, you, you know what? Not too long ago, my, my niece, who's who just turned one years old, she stayed with us. And you know why I didn't feed her no steak? Because she can't handle that portion. Do you know the truth of the matter is there are some things that you can't handle so God doesn't give it even though you want it? So you got to be thankful for your portion until you grow. Because the same thing that you want, if it's handled outside of time, it'll kill you. Steak, even though it's good, it would kill my. It could kill my uh, my niece. So you don't want something out of its time. Be grateful for your portion. All right, moving right along. Verse seven. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. Point number seven, unspeakable joy comes from knowing God advises me even through the night. So not just the physical night, the 24-hour night, but even in my night season, God advises me. He speaks to my heart. And going back to what we talked about, when you have a portion that seems to not be as great as you want it to be, and you feel like you're struggling, I don't have the money I had before the pandemic. I don't have the friends I had before the pandemic. I lost this and I lost that. I lost this loved one. I lost that. And now I feel like I'm drawn in. I feel like my portion is horrible. Now I'm wondering, God, when you going to come through? The Bible says God ministers to you in the night. Sometimes your head is racing so much he can't talk to you in the day. But when you're sleeping, he does something in your heart. He somehow touches you and somehow you wake up and you have the faith to try it another day. And then when you get through that other day, have you ever got home from work and just sat in your driveway or sat in your garage? You don't have the energy to just even get out the car. You just drain to the bone. Even in those places, God knows how to whisper to your heart. God knows how to touch your heart and still bring you joy within your portion. I'm here to let you know, and I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking about me. 
This has been rough. This has been a rough decade. Burying people left and right. I've, I've done five funerals since October alone. And it looks like we're going to have to have another one. And people are calling on me. And I got to muster the strength to do it. And every time I see a casket, it reminds me of my father. And I'm trying to press through. And I'm saying, God, this is tough. God, this is hard. But every Sunday, I have enough joy to preach again. I have enough joy to clock in again. I have enough joy to hit the road again. I have enough joy to read the Bible again. I have enough joy to praise again and to sing again. I don't know, but God talks to me in the midnight hour. And if he done it for me, he'll do it for you. All right, verse 8. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. Oh, David, that explains why why I'm okay with what I'm going through. Let's look at point number eight. Unspeakable joy comes from knowing God is always near. Even when he doesn't feel near, he's always near. He's always close. Someone said his arm is not so short that he cannot reach and save. Even though he's in heaven, he's made a way through his Holy Spirit to be everywhere at the same time. And his greatest place is to be right near you when you think he's not around because he's quiet. But they say teachers don't talk during tests. So you're going through a test, but he's right there. He's always near. And he's so close, he can save you whenever you need it. So unspeakable joy no, comes from knowing he's always near. Verse 9. Verse 9. Therefore my heart is glad. My heart is what? Glad. My heart is what? Glad. Okay, my situation may not be glad, but because he talks to my heart and he's always near, my heart is glad. And go and read. And my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. So what happens, what he's doing in my heart, it affects my whole being and my whole being starts rejoicing. That's why people say, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out. My whole being starts to rejoice because even though I've been lonely and even though I've been lost and even though I've been losing and struggling, God is still working on my behalf. He's still right beside me. He's still talking to me. He's still refreshing me. And he keeps me secure. So that leads us to point number nine. Bring it up for us. Unspeakable joy comes from knowing where my true security comes from. My security is not in my 401k. My security is not in my education. My security is not even in pastoring this church because I'm not the only person that can pastor this church. God can call me to do something else. My security is in none of that. My security is knowing, God, you are always near. God, the God that called me, he going to come through for me. The God that created me, he going to come through for me. The God that knows me by name, he going to come through for me. So that brings me security. I, 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 I'm, I'm a licensed gun owner, but I don't have security in the gun that I carry. I, 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 I'm, I've been 25 years working at General Motors, but I don't have security at General Motors. I've seen them fire people left and right and do people wrong. I'm not secure in none of that. My security is in the Lord. Yeah. Been. 
I've been married 22 years, but my security is not in my marriage. Because one day, she may decide, I'm tired of him, tired of this, and she could walk out. She has that right. So I'm not secured in anything but the Lord. Okay, let me just go ahead and do what I do every Sunday and quote this song. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only lean or wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. My security is in Christ. My security is in God. My security is in the call on my life. My security is in the purpose over my life. I know the devil can't rob me of my purpose. So I pick myself up. I put a smile on my face because I'm secure that the God that brought me to it can bring me through it. The God that brought me to the mountain can bring me over the mountain. Verse 10 for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy ones to see corruption. Well, when we were in Psalms 30, we already talked about eternal hell, so why would I bring it up again? Well, let, let, let me just show you this. Put this point up. Number 10. We only got one more point to go, so I ain't going to bore you too much longer. Number 10. Unspeakable joy comes from knowing temporary hell. Is not your future. See, we know we don't have eternal hell, but that don't stop us from going through temporary hell. And let me let you know, this decade has done brought some temporary hell, some H-E double hockey sticks in my life and in your life. But guess what? It's only temporary. It can't outlast the joy. The fire can't outlast the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. God, you're still faithful. And your goodness is still running after me. Even though the flames look like they're coming up around me, your goodness is running after me. And if I stand still, God will rescue me. Like he did the three Hebrew boys in the fire. He'll step in the fire with me. Yes, the hell is hard. But it's only temporary. It won't last forever. So I got joy knowing even though the fires is making me weep, weeping can't last forever. I'm coming up out of this. I'm broke right now, but I'm coming up out of this. I'm hurting right now, but I'm coming up out of this. I'm climbing out this hole. I'm climbing out this trouble. God is on my side. And when I reach for God, he reaches for me. And here's the thing, how would you know he's a deliverer if you never went through some temporary hell? How would you know he was a healer if you never got sick? How would you know he's a forgiver if you never sinned? And so sometimes he got to let you get close enough to feel it and then snatch you back to show you I'm still God. God got a rubber band lasso over you. And when you get a little too far, he know how to pull you right back and show you he still is in control. God still got this thing. God still sits on the throne. God is still the most powerful thing in the universe. And I need you to hold on till God changes things. Hold to God's unchanging. I need you to hold because God still can do it. 
He's still able. He's still big and he's still bad and he's still awesome and he's still great. Why are you saying all this? Because I only got one more point. I need to, I need to stretch it out a little longer. He good. He like Campbell's soup. He, mm, mm, good. He's still good. Even when things are bad, he's still good. I've seen it in my life. He's, he been good. He, he does small things. He does little things. And, and before I move on, I'm just joking. I'm, I'm really going to close. But before I move on, something happened the other day. I was praying to the Lord. And I was like, God, I don't really want to do you this way, but I need a sign. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do a Gideon thing. I, I just need a sign, God. Because I'm preaching. And every time I hit the pulpit, God gives me a word. But man, when, when, when I get out there, the calls that I get, the things that people go through, and then the things that our members go through. And I'm just like, God, am I leading these people astray? I'm doing all this, and it seemed like they've fallen. It seemed like they, they, life is getting worse. They're dying left and right. God, do I need to do something else? Now, do I know that's not the case? No, but I was in my feelings. You ever been in your feelings? Yeah, I'm a pastor, but I was in my feelings. Life was getting the best of me. I hadn't had much sleep. And even when I try to get some sleep, stuff pops up that I have to deal with. I'm tired. God, do I need to do this? Or maybe I need a pastor somewhere else. It don't seem like it's working, God. The, the, the seats aren't full. Uh, I, we don't have all the money we need. All these things are going on. God, I'm still pastoring without a salary. And I see people that can't preach near as good as me doing much better than me. God, is this right? I need a sign. I don't know if anybody ever been there and just like, just God, tell me something. And so I went in and lay down and was hoping that God would give me a sign. It wasn't until later on in the day that God had given me three signs that I didn't even know about. I had forgot what had happened. I had somebody call me or text me and say, can you call me? And normally when people say, can you call me? They need something. But this person didn't need something. They were telling me about how God had blessed their marriage and how God had blessed their ministry and reminded me that several years ago, it was me who stepped into their life and helped them hold themselves together because they thought they was going to divorce. But I held them together and I taught them how to study the word. And they were thanking me and how God is doing great stuff in their life. And I hung up the phone and hadn't even thought that that was the sign that God had given me. Something else happened, but it dawned on my slow-minded brain when I had a cousin from California text me, and she said, I love you, my cousin Andre, because you're so real and you still pastor. You're down to earth, and you're still yourself, and you're still a man to God. I don't know how you do it, but it blesses my soul. She hasn't walked inside this building and heard me preach, but she's just been tuning in online and looking at my social media and it's touching her the way I live. And it was in that moment that it dawned on me, boy, I'm giving you your confirmation. You are who I called you to be. Keep being you. Don't quit. Don't back up. Let joy arise. You are what I called you to be. And I'm saying it in a different way, but this is the the actual phrase God has been speaking to me. He says, you are my man in the earth. 
Oh, it just jumps in my heart. He's saying, I don't care who else I use. I'm not going to do what I'm doing without using you, you little bald-headed rascal. Don't you quit on me. I got something for you. And guess what? If I'm the shepherd, if God got something for me, he got something for you too. And it won't always be like this. It's going to turn around some way, somehow. You ain't going to hurt forever. You're not going to cry forever. God is making a way. Just give them time. I'm not just talking to y'all. I'm talking to me. Just give them time. So if you don't do it in 2023, God, I still got joy. You can do it in 2026. I don't know when you're going to do it. Don't know how you're going to do it. But I know you're big and you're bad enough to do it. And that brings me an unspeakable joy. All right, last verse. Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Mm, so much I can get, deal with in that scripture, but I'm not. I'm just going to just give you the basic thing that we always say. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. Point number 11. Here's the last point. Unspeakable joy comes from knowing God's presence. Is the center of our joy. If you grew up in the church, you heard a song by Richard Smallwood that said, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. All my hopes and dreams, they come from you. You're the heart of my contentment. Hope for all I do. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. In other words, if I want to have joy, I got to center in on I'm going to do a demonstration, so put the camera on me before I close. I went, not too long ago, I went to the gun range, and I hadn't shot my gun in about two years, so I was all over the place. I had a, another preacher friend of mine, two, actually a pastor, two pastors in there shooting guns, but, you know, we, we talking. And he was showing me that because he allowed me to use his gun, and I was just all over the place. It had a laser, and I was missing the target. And, but he was saying, oh, no, you're not looking through the right thing. You don't really have it centered. In other words, but when, when I seen what he was showing me, I was like, oh, I can center it. And then I was able to hit the target. Now, let me let you know something. If Jesus is not the center of your joy, you're going to be all over the place. You're going to be searching everywhere, trying to find joy. But God's got a laser focus for you. And all he's saying is just look to me. Look to me, look to me. I am all that you need. And once you understand he's the center of your joy and you lock in on that, I don't care what you go through, you will always bounce back to that center. Joy is that center. Let's stand to our feet. Unspeakable joy. Online, unspeakable joy. What's getting ready to happen in your life? It's going to be unexplainable. It's going to be unspeakable. But it's going to bring an infectious joy to your life. Somebody say it again. Say, joy hit my house. Let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, as I'm preaching my heart to your people, and as we have faced so many things these last years, and even before that, we still have a hope, a peace, and a joy that comes from the advent of knowing you came once and you'll come again. 
And in between you coming from the manger or coming into the manger and coming in the clouds, you daily come next to us and near to us. And for that, God, we thank you and we appreciate you. God, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that does not know you in the pardon of their sins, God, I'm praying that you would save them, rescue them, deliver them, and bring them to this hope, this peace, and this joy. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Before we are dismissed, let's pray over our sister. God, we thank you for someone who's just been coming consistently. And even when she lost her husband, God, somehow you connected us even closer. We were able just to be there for her, and we're just trying to be a help to our neighbor. But you brought us even closer, so now we're not just neighbors. She's a member. And so, God, we thank you for the love for her and the love she has for us. And, God, we welcome her into this fold in Jesus' name. And let everybody say amen. All you DT members, just come and say hi to our new member. God bless you. Much love to you.